Sarayim Tov, as we continue in the Sefer Bayam Darkecha, regarding the service of Hashem on Shabbos, we're in the third chapter of preparations for Shabbos, which is called Neros Shabbos, the Shabbos lights. The Arizal tells us that even though lighting the candles or the lamps for Shabbos is a mitzvah on the woman, the husband uh, is also has to be careful and he should prepare the, the narrows to be lit. Prepare the wicks, set it up. And this is all brought in the poskim, such as that. And in footnote Sadi Hay, it says that the mitzvah of lighting is really more appropriate for the woman. And the Zohar tells us initially, the reason is because the first woman, Eve, extinguished the light of the world, so to speak, by bringing mortality into the world by eating from the tree of knowledge and coercing her husband to eat it. And that is certainly a correct answer, says the Zohar HaKadosh. But he says the secret of all this is that she is what is called the Gviras HaOlam, uh, the, the power of the world. And all the souls of the world, which are supernal candles, uh, they come from her, so to speak. And therefore she should light it and do the mitzvah, which needs a, quite a bit of explanation. What does this actually mean? But uh, we will continue, and hopefully this will be a little bit explained as we go on. But, uh, so, therefore, uh, the person, the husband, who prepares the neros, that's part of the preparations for Shabbos, which we will see. The preparation is the, the kli, in order to receive the light of Shabbos. So we are preparing this and the cleaning out and preparing the nair, the lamp for the oil is a very big mitzvah. Okay, so the husband's got the idea of preparing the lamp and the woman lights it. And it's brought down in the Zohar HaKadosh again that the woman should light the nearest of Shabbos with a very great amount of simcha. Why? Because this is a very great honor for Hashem. It's a great merit for her to have holy children and that they should be like the lamp of the world of Torah and God-fearing understanding to bring peace into the world, to bring uh, to her husband, long life. You have to be very careful. A lot of good things can happen. The woman should light the candles with a lot of simcha. Okay? And therefore, since this time is such an auspicious time as we're bringing in the Shabbos, and this is such a beautiful ornament, so to speak, for Hashem, and therefore women have always had the custom that when they're lighting the candles, they supplicate before Hashem, they make requests before them for what they need because it's a very auspicious time. Okay, so, so far we see it's an important mitzvah. Very, uh, should be done with great joy. It's also something to think about. 
A lot of times it's done with great stress. We have to try to alleviate all kinds of stress so this doesn't happen. But we have to understand the deeper understanding of what is involved in this near Shabbos. So in section base, the Gemara discusses the value of lighting a near Shabbos. And the Gemara says it's all about shalom bias, peace in the home. And what is peace in the home? So the simple meaning, the Gemara says, if it's a dark house and a person walks into the house and it's dark, you can, you know, bump your toe against the table and it hurts and then you're you know in pain and then once you're in pain then any other little thing that's not in order can get you very upset so a house that's well lit creates a lot of shalom bias and that's certainly a correct and a simple shot but the deeper understanding is that what is the light symbolizing the light of the nair symbolizes the uh, the light of emuna in every Jewish heart, and the emuna is what really brings true peace between a person and himself, and between a person and another person as well. And therefore, you have to have in mind when you're lighting the nair, and when you're looking at the candles or the oil, you want really to illuminate our own souls to uh, with the divine light, the divine light of faith of Hashem to a point that we come to such a clear recognition that everything comes from Hashem and nothing else from Hashem and the entire creation everything that's found there is not separated from Hashem but it's all connected to the creation in its essence and this is the purpose of lighting the candles to to light the 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 light of unity in the lower realm and to have the merit to see in everything the hand of Hashem, and how everything is only the light of Hashem. That's what we're thinking about. This light, this light that we see, is God's light that's bringing into this world. Just like a room that is dark, you're not clear what's going on, and the light makes it very clear what's happening over here. And this light should bring the clarity to, to illuminate within our souls the true realities that we know to be true. And a person should spend a lot of time with this feeling until it penetrates very well and you have to have a real sense that your heart really senses the reality of Hashem and His unity. This is the fundamental kavana. That's the main idea. That it's the light of Shabbos is coming in and it's the woman's role is to bring in that light of Shabbos just like the Ramamish is, the infinite light is coming into the world, so we're lighting it to show that this is what's happening and I want to be cognizant of it. I want to merit to get that deeper light. That's the overall kavana, and if you have that, that's enough. However, the tzaddik goes on, and he says we're going to go into little deeper ideas, and if you're a little bit confused... Okay, you know, maybe the next time around you'll get it better. So we'll try it. I don't think it's that complicated, but just needs uh, to, to listen carefully and understand the nuances of the different levels that he is talking about. And of course, we go back to this idea, the three elements within a human being, the three layers, the nefesh, ruach, and the neshama, which parallel in the body, three areas, the general body, or you could say like the bloodstream, the liver, and the heart, 
which is the where the ruach is and the brain is where the neshama is. Okay, so the nefesh, the goof, the body, that does the actual deeds. The heart is the place of feelings and the mind is the place of intellect and thoughts. So now, when we light the nair, remember the the lamp, the receptacle is called the nair. Nair is not a candle. A nair is a receptacle. When we light the receptacle, the nair, is we want to, with that light that's coming in, that light, everything comes from Hashem, so that's a concept of unity. So we want to unify within ourselves all three aspects of nefesh, ruach, and neshama. And to know that all our actions are only coming from the power of Hashem, and we should, not only when we're doing it, we should know that, but we should feel that way and we should think that way. So we're unifying all three aspects. When I'm doing, feeling, and thinking, it's all what? Coming from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is the true reality that exists. And this is what is called the Yichud Ner, unifying the Ner. That receptacle. Well, let's think about this receptacle. Okay? So, we know there's a number of names of a Kurdish Baruch Hu, Number of names of a Kurdish Baruch Hu. And we have one name. A holy name is Ado with Noi, whose gematria is 65. And that hints on the power of action. Eloi Kim uh, Gamacha 86, which hints to feelings, and the word eh, yeah, alaf hey yud hey, which can uh, which is hinting to the thought. It's Gamacha 21. Okay, and that really all those names were attaching all of these with the name of Hashem Yud Hey Vav Hey, that Hashem is the source of all reality. And when we take all of these three manifestations of God's name. With three times the Yudhe Vavhe, which is 26 times three, it's 78. If you take 65 plus 86 plus 21 plus 78, it's Gamatra of 250. Okay, for you math buffs like over there. Again, we got the essential name of Hashem is Yudhe Vavhe. That's Hashem's source of everything. And Hashem is the source of how he manifests as Aleph Dalad Nun Yud, the one who is the master and control, meaning he does things. The aspect of Hashem called Elohim, that's a uh, dealing with feelings, and the Aleph Hei Yud Hei, which deals with thoughts, and they all come out to 250, and that's what the secret of Nair, the lamp, is a gematria of 250. Okay, so that's one idea, that all of reality is connected in one way. And now we're going to talk, that's what's, what's on Hashem's side, but now what are we supposed to do? And we have to understand the deeper understanding what's involved in Hadlokas Hanair, and looking at the nair, and there is, you know, three concepts again of our thoughts, speeches, and action. So in our actions, we're trying to unify the yud hey vav hey with the aleph dalad nun yud, meaning Hashem is our master. A master means we have to do things. Aleph dalad nun yud is is our relationship to God that we have to do things. It all stems from the yud hey vav hey, which is complete unity. And then we have feelings, which is we unify with the Elohim aspect and how that connects to the Yudei Vavei. And our thoughts, which is the Eh, Yeh, 
and uh, with the Yichud uh, together with the Yud Hei Vav Hei. Okay, so now let's take a look at how we're supposed to be feeling on three levels. There are very subtle differences, and depending on your level, you'll try to think about this. Now, this is for the women to think about, clearly, but when the men are preparing the lamp, so they're also preparing their wives for that, and sometimes men have to light the, the, the candles too if the wife's not there, whatever. But this is, you know, th this part. So let's start with the lower level of unifying the nair. Explanation number one is that when you're lighting, you're about to light the nairos, you should deeply think and feel about the reality of Hashem and then accept upon yourself that all your actions and all your feelings will only be according to God's will. Because you recognize that everything is only done with Hashem's power. And you will accept upon yourself that all your feelings will only be with the Ratzon of Hashem. And accept upon yourself that all your thoughts and your desires will only be like the Ratzon of Hashem. In other words, all every I'll make my will, his will to be my will. And therefore, everything I do think and feel is the way Hashem wants me to feel. That's one aspect of unity. Okay? Second aspect, in the same way, is that all that I can think, say, and feel only comes from the power of Hashem. Okay? My feelings of love and fear and vacus only come because Hashem brings that in and makes that happen. My feelings of beetle, of self-nullification, where I see how much is part of Hashem, and therefore I realize that I am totally bottle, and everything is just a clea of Hashem. Okay. And therefore the deeper aspect of this Yichud is to connect all of creation to its root and to see that everything is just a revelation of the divine light, and it's all one thing. And that's the second deeper level. So first level is all my thoughts, speech, thought, speech and action should be what God's, according to God's will. And to realize that everything that I'm doing, thinking and seeing is all from Hashem. And everything from the world is Hashem. And everything is unified with Hashem. And then the third and the deeper explanation is you have to have kavana and to feel very strongly until it's absolutely clear to you how every action and feeling that's done below here is done only with a divine force that gives life to it. And the truth is, I'm not doing anything, but it's done through a higher, truer power. Okay, and therefore we should yearn for Hashem and to feel the reality of the light of Hashem so strong until you totally have nullified yourself and you're included in His light and you feel like you don't even exist, you melt before our Kodesh Baruch Hu. And you have such a feeling that you would want to give up your life to Hashem and be incorporated into the reality of Hashem. You now would like to just leave this world and be totally part of Hashem. And therefore everything that you will do will be totally just an extension of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So these are different feelings that one could have. Okay, but the real overall point is that not only are we lighting, well, let, let's 
say something that the author does not say, but an idea I've said often. We know that the light of Shabbos and any light is comprised of three parts. The Nair, the Pesila, and the Shemen. The Nair is the receptacle, an empty receptacle. Psila is the wick. And the Shemen is the oil. That is what we are used to light things with. And then we take the fire and the whole thing catches on fire. Very interesting. So what function does the Nair, the Psila, and the Shemen have? Well, if we think about it, the Nair is just the receptacle. It's very physical. It's the most physical aspect of the three items there. And that uh, is, is, starts with the letter Nun. Then we have the Psila. We have the wick that is, enables us to be the go-between, between the oil and the flame. And then we have the shem and the oil. The first three letters of ner, psil, and shem is nun, pei, shin, which spells the word nefesh. So that is exactly what a Jewish soul is. As it says, the teachings of King David is that the God's candle is the soul of man. Ner Elohim Nishma Saddam. Why? In other words, if you want to understand what a Jew is, the greatest parable is this, uh, this Ner, this Esh, this fire. How is that? Because although you have physical items, the Ner, the Psil, and the Shemin, all very physical items, some different than others, okay, because generally speaking, the nair is an is made from an inanimate object, usually like metal, okay, and the psila is a wick. That's usually something like from a plant, and shemen is the oil. So those three together, although they're very physical things, but when we light it, meaning with the, which means that fire, which is the light of Hashem, it the person catches on. And the flame rises up. And now there's excitement, enthusiasm. Okay? And what we're supposed to realize is that when we're lighting the candles, we're supposed to be lighting ourselves. And inside of us, we're illuminating the light that really is projecting all about HaKadosh Baruch Hu there. And therefore, when, a, when we look at the Nair, and the custom is... <coughs> If you hold a Chabad, a single girl lights one candle. If you don't hold a Chabad, or even you do, when you get married, all women light two candles. One for herself, one for her husband. A very strong custom is for every child we add, another candle. So what's happening exactly over here? The Jewish woman, as she prepares for the Shabbos, realizes that everyone a person in her family is a candle, is a soul. A soul with so much potential, but it needs to be lit from an external source, something beyond the candle. You could have the receptacle, you could have the oil, you could have the wick, but it's still, to be on fire, it needs to catch on to an outside source. And that is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that is the Shabbos. 
and we want it to catch on and grab hold and then we become on fire and now we can be productive productive in in terms of fire is able to illuminate and it's able to bring warmth and now it can illuminate the darkness we live in darkness for six days where we are fooled by false realities and now the light will make the reality clear and when the reality is clear we produce heat excitement and also as we've said many times that everything everything in the world goes to its source and that's the rule of gravity gravity is based on a Kabbalistic idea that everything goes to its source everything comes to the ground so gravity brings everything down with one exception and that's fire fire goes up but it's not really the exception it's part of the rule too the fire is going back to its source and since fire is very intangible it's like sort of a spiritual energy it wants to go up to Hashem and that's really who we are we are the Jew the holy soul although we're in a body which is re- reflected by the near Psila and shaman but when you put that fire we're rising to go up we want to go up 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 and we really would like to just jump right off of the wick but if we do that we would no longer exist so this is the yearning and that's the yearning we want to have on this Shabbos is to be able Hashem is bringing on the light and we want to catch on fire with that light and to carry that light throughout the Shabbos and then into the week and that's the main thing to light ourselves everyone according to their level and that is the true shape of a Jew a mind that's filled with a light of wisdom who recognizes and feels that this light is the light of Hashem that rests upon us a heart that's full of beetle self-negation feels Hashem in all his sensations filled with love and fear and vacus and actions that are only doing the will of Hashem with a recognition that it comes from Hashem's strength so therefore every Jew becomes a Merkava a chariot to the supernal light without any feelings of self-independence this is all the kavanas that we have when we light the Shabbos candles to realize that kind of the most beautiful menorah you know Shabbos leichter and things like that with the fanciest oil and everything but without that fire nothing's going to happen and that's what the woman is thinking the husband's preparing it and that's our hope that we can accomplish that goal okay so that is basically the lighting of the Shabbos candles. We now go to the fourth chapter on page Kuf Yudches, and this is a very relevant chapter for many of us. It's called Hanisyonos, the tests, Vesod HaSimcha Be'erev Shabbos Kodesh, and the secret of happiness on Erev Shabbos. So the author begins and says it's very often found that on Erev Shabbos a person has suddenly all kinds of tests especially tests with the meter of anger and the meter of sadness and depression and this could cause a person to think that all my preparation and all my yearning for Shabbos that I started from the previous months of Shabbos why Dafka at this time right before the holy Shabbos all these tests are coming which are revealing that I'm really on a very low level 
Why does all this happen? So the author is going to suggest a number of ways of looking at this scenario. Of course, the best thing is not to get upset. But hopefully if you understand why we're getting upset and why these isyonos are happening, perhaps we'll have now an ability to understand how to deal with it. So the first thing he says, a general rule, he says, it's exactly the opposite of what you're thinking. You think, wow, I was really doing well. I was getting prepared and everything is going. And now, oh, I'm a failure. He says, it's the exact opposite. It's because since you're working so hard and you're getting so close, you're getting so close to the Yichud and the unity of Hashem, you're getting so close to success and you're about to get a new higher level called Shabbos. So the Klipos, the shells, are working extra hard to try to take some of that light for itself and trying to push you down that you're not able to get there. The light's coming, but who grabs it? If you weren't doing anything the whole week and you weren't prepared and when Shabbos comes, you're not going to get anything. So the, the Klippas only got to get you angry because you're not getting anything. But when a person sees he has tests and the tests are getting very hard, don't be broken by it, but you should know. You know what? If the Klippas are trying so hard to take you off course and get you upset, it's a simon that you're really getting close to receiving the light. So even though you screamed and all that, but take comfort knowing, that means you're getting awfully close. Your preparations were really good, but right at the end, this, the Klippo snatched away this great opportunity. You know what? Learn from that. But to know that you are moving ahead because you are a worthy opponent of the Sitra Acher, and he had to resort to all kinds of things to take you down. Very refreshing thought. A very comforting thought. Number two, he says the main job that the Klippos does is to cause us to think there's something other than Hashem, God forbid. Maybe there's another reality, and that becomes the, the root, the depth of all tests. For example, if a person is angry at his friend, or quite often on Arab Shabbos, his family members, he's saying... He thinks in his mind that this fellow is the one who did something bad to him. But you're forgetting you can't, nothing happens without the will of Hashem. And they're all shlichim of Hashem. For example, can you imagine the mailman delivers a registered letter? You sign, you open it, it's bad news. Do you get angry at the mailman for delivering the letter? No. He just brought you the envelope. So you're getting angry at him? That'd be foolish. Similarly with sadness and depression, the root of that all is thinking that I am the one who's able to do things and make it happen. So therefore, if I'm not successful, I get upset. But we need to know that every time the Yetzar gets strong, we have to strengthen ourselves in Amuna. And therefore, if you're getting angry, you know, that it's an Amuna issue, and we got to work on our Amuna, and that's how we will not get angry the next time. Now, when a person, let's say it's Arab Shabbos, and you begin to see you're starting to get angry, you know, you, you, certain people are doing certain things to push your buttons, 
And you know, it's not going to be long till I explode. And this is such an important rule. Whenever you're feeling that way, someone said an unkind remark to you. Things aren't ready for Shabbos. You want to say something and be critical of somebody and it may be you'd even be correct. You have to be very careful to don't do anything. Don't say anything. Nothing. Be quiet, silent, like a rock. Until you feel that the anger has begun to pass away a little bit. Because when you just start speaking or doing something, that will, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, fan the flames of anger. And once you get yourself not to respond, then you can think and just say, you know, my spouse, my family member, my friend, they didn't do anything. They're just a shliach of Hashem. I have nothing to get angry about. Certainly not to get angry at Hashem because Hashem knows what he's doing. This is such an important rule. When you begin to feel you're getting a little upset, at that point, just say to yourself, turn it off. Don't say a word. Don't do anything. Don't make facial expressions. Poker face. Till you feel the anger subsiding a little bit. Then say to yourself, this person is just a shliach. So that's when we're dealing with anger on the one hand. How about, so there's a test on Erev Shabbos is anger, and the other test is sadness. So what do you do if you're sad before Shabbos? So the rule is you have to run away from sadness in order to be able to come to rejoicing with Hashem. And what do you, how do you do that? You just do what you have to do with all your strength. And although it might be hard, don't get depressed. Even though it doesn't look like you're succeeding, remember Hashem is with you. And therefore, don't feel, you know, disheartened. That uh, Because the Yetzirah says, see, you already missed it up. Let's say you, you yelled and you screamed and now you're getting depressed. Let's say you made, did something wasn't ready for Shabbos. Just hold on to your amuna with Hashem constantly. Whatever's going to be is going to be. And just keep stubbornly doing your avoda. And this power to strengthen yourself in action comes from thoughts of Hashem and speaking with Him. And don't get, you know, don't be impressed negatively that you don't feel anything in your heart. It's coming to Shabbos. You don't feel the Shekhinah's coming. And that's going to cause depression. I did everything the rabbi said. I don't feel anything special. It's Erev Shabbos. But you have to strengthen yourself with a simple understanding with Hashem and speak to Hashem and tell Him how you feel. And strengthen yourself to think about Emuna and how all of the realities of light is just a tool to the light of Hashem. And don't be looking for amazing feelings. Where's the great feeling I'm supposed to have? But you know what? If you're going through a period of cottonness, of constricted consciousness, just keep doing what you're supposed to do. And just think about the truth and do what has to be done and pray and speak to Hashem with a yearning that Hashem should open up these avenues for you. It's coming here of Shabbos. All these amazing things you're learning about. It's just not happening to me. All, all of this is for naught. A person has to say, you know what? Just stick with the program. So basically, Arab Shabbos, we're trying our best.
But as the challenges come, the rule is keep quiet and keep doing what you're supposed to be doing. Finished. And let Hashem worry about the rest. Okay, we will stop here. And there's more to talk about in this fourth chapter when the tests come on Erev Shabbos. Okay, Shkayach, have a good day.